the most wonderful time of the year. It's that time, folks. Christmas holidays right around the corner. And I know it's a time where a lot of us are putting in extra hours strapped for cash. For the record, I am right there with you. The Lapse is a full-time independent gig that, you know, while off compared to some very big, well-known shows, is still very tiny. To ensure that a third season of the show is actually possible for me to do, I'm trying to get to $600 at patreon.com slash the lapse. The deadline for this, that $600 mark, I'm going on the record, is the second anniversary of the show in February. I frequently hear that one of the things that makes this a joy to listen to, especially back-to-back, is that you never know what you're going to get with a new episode. Like a lot of people, I believe in a good Netflix binge, and I think that that diversity is what makes this show something special. So... If you have anything at all to spare during this holiday season, even a dollar a month, it really, truly adds up. Plus, I continue to add exclusive content and stories you can't get anywhere else. As a thank you from me to you, there's hours of extra stuff there by now. That's all at patreon.com slash the laps. Help us reach that goal. Cheers, everybody. With that said, hello. Welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we've got a story from a band that I have no doubt at least one of you must be a drop-dead hardcore fan of. Sorry, actually, let me say that again. At least one of you has got to be a drop-dead hardcore juggalo of. Is it juggalo of? (laughs) Tom O'Keefe had some very choice experiences with a band known as Insane Clown Posse way, way back in their early days. And if you're not familiar with the ICP family, Oh boy, don't worry, because you will be in just a moment. I'm calling this one Send in the Clowns. Here it comes. This is the lapse. This is New Rock Alternative, 105.7 The Point. I'm Tom O'Keefe. Coming up next hour, got chances for you to win tickets to see Fog at right now. Here's Pearl Jam on The Point. Every Saturday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. for four glorious hours, I got to be a DJ. Okay, just truth be told, it really wasn't four hours because from 6 to 8, I had to play a pre-recorded like countdown show called Out of Order with Jed the Fish. Jed the Fish. I was only allowed to talk for like four breaks. The point. No task was too small or mundane for me. Like I didn't ask any questions. I was like, yes, sir, I will knock that out. When you added it all up, it was like 90 seconds. The program director calls me to his office one day, and he says, You drive a decent car, don't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I just bought a car. Oh, really? What kind of car is it? Uh, it's a 1995 Geo Prism. And he's like, Well, that'll work. You've, uh, heard of Insane Clown Posse, right? God help the person who is unaware of the next indie rock darling. I'm like, oh, of course. Yes, I've seen that band. They're phenomenal. Which was total bullshit. Just in case you, like Tom, circa 95, are not up to date on your ICP. Their onstage persona was that of serial killing clowns. Not that they would kill clowns, but they were clowns. But they were also serial killers. The worst of both rap and rock into one cohesive package. Tom's views and opinions do not necessarily reflect that of the Lab Storytelling Podcast. They were coming to town for the very first time on the heels of their record label dropping them. My mission was to pick up the band from the hotel and deliver them to the local arena. 
the station had spent the day promoting ICP, which is what their fans called them. ICP would be stopping by the point van to sign autographs and stuff. When they were done signing, I was supposed to return them to the venue where they were performing. Then the program director says, hey, since you're doing an air shift now and all, you might as well stick around for the concert and do the stage announcements. You've probably never given much thought to the stage announcement, right? Like it's just the guy comes out and says something and walks off the stage. That's the most you've ever thought about it. I'd be going to concerts since I was 14. I would be picking up Honest to God rock stars or rock star-ish. That's what Honest to God DJs did was walked out and introduced the band. I was supposed to pick up ICP at the Holiday Inn Express at 6 p.m. I didn't even know the band members' real names. At 5.59 p.m., Tom chances the lobby. And there, on the couch, sit two bleary-eyed gentlemen dressed not, I might say, inconspicuously. Blue jeans, gas station-style work shirts, and, tellingly, clown makeup. Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. Hey, have, uh... Have you guys seen Insane Clown Posse anywhere? And they're like, um, we're Insane Clown Posse. I look down at my t-shirt with the big radio station logo. Okay, clearly we will not be engaged in any witty banter. I ushered them out of the hotel lobby and into the luxury of the Geo Prism. We drive to the arena in silence. After what certainly feels like a lengthy drive, Tom's clown car rounds the corner to the station's van. What the fuck? A sea of people dressed in full clown regalia. Shaggy locks the door on his side. What exactly is the plan here? I I don't know. Like I, I thought like you could sign some autographs or something. The idea was just ludicrous to them. I was like, I thought they were your fans. And he's like, yeah, no, we're not going out there. Those guys will kill us. A volley of dark liquid fires off in the crowd. What do you think we are, crazy? We're not getting out of the car. So I'm like, well, look, come on, man. We've been promoting this on air all day long. He's like, look, if you wanted us to do an autograph signing, we would have totally done that for you. But we set up a special room. We have security. It's a whole thing. We can't just walk into a crowd of people. We're not third-eye blind. The Juggalos would tear us apart. Tom blinks. The the Juggalos are fans. That's what they call themselves. More volleys of liquid pop off. So I'm like, okay, how about we'll just leave. I'll take you back to the station, and you can do an interview there. We'll be like, oh, the intern, he freaked out, ran away. Like, you can pin it on me. I'll take the heat. Just as we're about to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? The Juggalos realized that the actual Insane Clown Posse was in the back of my car. It's at that point that I noticed the soda. With that, there is just an explosion of carbonation, and the car is completely covered in Fago root beer. In the distance, the point van is rocking back and forth, like the big giant mast is swaying back and forth. It's really easy to tip a van when it's got a big stick 25 feet in the air. The only way that I'm going to be able to calm this down is just to get the hell out of here. First thoughts are, turn on your windshield wipers, but all it does is kind of swoosh it around, so now the crowd has just been reduced to one giant milky splotch. 
I put the car in reverse, leaned on the horn, hit the gas, and hoped for the best. Juggalos are pushing and surrounding the car on all sides. I, I just started backing up. Oh shit. Oh shit. Then I realized that it was just a curb, and so once I realized it was a curb, then I gunned it, backed up, slammed it in the drive, sped away. Or as close to sped away as a prism can reasonably be expected to muster. I took them back to the station. They did their interview. The band blamed it on me. Like, they didn't really. But on the air, they were like, oh, that guy at the point, he's such a puss. I didn't know this at the time. ICP's kind of onstage shtick was spraying the crowd with Fago root beer. This really cheap discount brand of soda. At no point during an Insane Clown Posse show are they not spraying the crowd with Fago root beer. And their fan base has just embraced this. After the interview, Tom carts the posse over to the show at the American Theater. They head backstage while Tom gets a lay of the land. Lot of history. May West and Houdini and Abbott and Costello had all played there. So it's this really cool theater in its heyday. And there was a balcony that ran along the perimeter, kind of like where Lincoln would have been shot. I had tickets to be in one of those little booths away from the crowd. So I go to my little Lincoln booth and I just kind of set up camp. This guy walks in, who clearly has even less reason to be there than I do. Dress pants on and like a button-up shirt. And he's got like this kid with him. It's like looks like he's like 12 or 13. And then it clicked for me. He was the general manager of the radio station. All the stations, because there were like six stations in the cluster. And he ran them all. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have pegged you for a, for a juggalo, sir. <laughs> and he's like, a what? And I'm like, uh, you know, never mind. We're sitting there talking, and there starts to be this, like, murmur from the crowd. It just starts to get louder and louder and louder, and I realize that it's starting to become a chant. Fuck the point. They're chanting, fuck the point, over and over and over. What would cause that to even happen? You know, like, why would they suddenly start chanting that? And I realized it wasn't a what, it was a who. And it was me. The band had just spent 20 minutes on our station saying how they couldn't go to the meet and greet that these kids had been promised because I screwed it up. I'm up in this booth and they can all see me and I've got a big giant point logo on my chest there's no way I'm going to get up in front of these people. That's just not going to happen. As that's going through my head, this blonde lady, she walks straight up to me, hands me a backstage pass. Huh? What? Me? You must have me confused with someone else. And she's like, well, how else are you going to do your stage announcement? You need your... And I'm like, ah, don't say that out loud. The GM hears stage announcement. He's like, stage announcement? Wait, you, you got to go talk in front of these people? Uh, well, I mean, I don't have to. <laughs> he throws back his head in uproarious laughter. Oh, my God. You have to do that. What a great story that'll be. Oh, crap. Well, what are you going to do? I walk outside, and there's like 
two of just the largest security guards I've ever seen to escort me through the crowd because I was going to need it. The guards buffer Tom on either side, trying to cut a path through the angry crowd. People are like throwing stuff at me, chucking beers and cigarette lighters. They push Tom through to the backstage area. The sound immediately drops because it's kind of walled off. The concert promoter lady, she hands me a, a wireless mic and a flyer. She's like, here's the deal. You could tell she says this a million times. My head is spinning, and I'm trying to take all this in. So, she says, any questions or anything? Do you have any tips? Sure. Maybe don't do it. Also, read that thing. She points to the flyer. Tonight's show sold out so quickly that they're going to come back in a month, and this has all the ticket information on it. Well, that is a life raft. I have something to say now. Like, not only do I have something to say, I have something to say that they're going to like. So with that, she spins me around, and they basically just, like, push me out on the stage. The curtains open. Crowd just cheers. They're all excited. And then they realize that I'm not Insane Clown Posse. And the cheering stops instantly. So I turn the mic on. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm Tom, Tom from 1057 Point. Point. What, what up, up Juggalos? And there's just silence. ICP, you got to remember, like back then they were still really underground. Only Juggalos called themselves Juggalos. When I had called them Juggalos, they had mistaken me for one of their own. Hey, you crazy crazy motherfuckers want to know know when the next time time ICP ICP is is coming coming to town? Like that? They're just so excited, and they're cheering and screaming, and so then I look at the flyer to read them the information, and I realize that I had dropped the flyer. It's gone. I have no idea where it's at. Where is the flyer? I had that I just told them that I was going to tell them something. Uh, uh well, well do, do ya? ya? Then you, you got to listen, listen to 105.7 The Point, point tomorrow, tomorrow at 5 p.m. for a major, major concert announcement. And with that, I like mic dropped it, spun around, and walked off the stage to the crowd cheering. Walked past the little blonde that just thought I wasn't going to be able to do that, and I'm just like, that's how you do that. Past the security guards, and like they're going to take me back to the seat. Don't think I'll be needing you for the trip back, fellas. I open the door and I walk out, and as soon as I walk out in the crowd, I just get hit right in the face with a bagel root beer. I make my way back to my booth, and I sit down, and I just kind of like let the adrenaline dissipate. The general manager gives Tom a clap on the back. That has got to be one of the most amazing comebacks I've seen in this business. They wanted to kill you, and not only did you get them to not kill you, but you got them 
to now listen to a radio station that 10 minutes ago they were all chanting, fuck that station. You know, we do a lot of trade with restaurants around town. He's like, uh, how about uh, I use some of that trade to take you to lunch next week? And I'm like, holy cow. Like, I'm the part-timer going to lunch with the GM. I have a question. Those trade deals that you do, are they just with restaurants? He's like, no, we do them with all sorts of things. Okay. Did you ever do any with a car wash? That story again was shared by Tom O'Keefe. Years later, ICP was actually temporarily banned from St. Louis for, get this, beating up a point DJ. As you can probably tell, Tom very much has a voice for radio, and uh, he in fact co-hosts a film review podcast called Real Spoilers, that's R-E-E-L, and he says you gotta listen to their Fifty Shades of Grey episode. We brought in our significant others, and we, I also had found a local sex therapist to kind of guide the discussion. Thanks as always to the tireless Jesse Brennan for this episode's transcription, as well as our executive level Patreon supporters, Cindy Krines, Jill Galvez, Dan Lesser, and Richard Quartz. Become a part of this show and join me in keeping it running at patreon.com slash the laps. Help us move towards that third season. If you have a story to share, contact me. I'm at stories at thelaps.org. You can also catch me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Laps Podcast. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Laps. Thank you so much for listening.